0: I knew I said as I as soon as I said young'uns, I probably lost you there, so um it just slipped out. But anyway, can't help it. <laughs> but um yeah, we, we were singing the songs this morning, and especially that last song is very special um to our Nepali church. Sorry, and uh, as the chorus goes, it's a little different meaning. Uh, in the English, it is well with my soul, but in the chorus in Nepali, it is mukta ca, pran Mukta chaw. there is salvation, miropran with my soul. So a little different meaning, but still very good, amen? Uh, And we can rejoice knowing that we're saved this morning. I hope that you are saved this morning. I hope if you're not, that God is working in your heart. And I hope that uh, you'll get that thing taken care of before the end of the day, uh, before the end of this service. And I know that um, pastor would agree with me when I say the altar is always open. If God is leading your heart, please uh, don't feel like you're going to interrupt the service. Uh, You just come forward and, and you get things right between you and the Lord. And so if you would, please open your Bibles to Acts chapter number 16, Acts chapter number 16. We're just going to read one verse, if you would stand with me when you find your place, if you're able to and uh, willing to, uh, Acts chapter number 16, we're going to read verse number nine, and uh, the Apostle Paul is in his second missionary journey here, and he has uh, picked up a young man named Timothy. Timothy. He and Silas and and, uh, Timothy, and then uh, here in in, uh, verse number 8, they also, uh, when they reach Troas, they meet another man, and that is uh, Luke, the physician. And so Luke also joins their company and they're traveling and they're, uh, they're, they are going to the previous places where that they had already established works and they're, they're, they're encouraging the brethren and they're, and establishing them and uh, confirming them in the faith and, and, and through the, through their own uh, faith and through their own testimonies and through the Word of God, of course, we know, but uh, they're also going to new places. And they're also looking for unreached places. And so, very familiar verse here, very fami- familiar it should be to us. It says, uh, verse number 9, Acts 16 9, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. Help us. And you can just imagine what this was like when the Apostle Paul heard this. You can imagine that it pulled his heart. And we know uh, what happened when he shared the vision that he had with those that uh, were traveling with him. The Bible says they assuredly gathered that the Lord had called them into Macedonia to preach the gospel. So let's pray. Father, we ask that you would bless the preaching of your word. It's been so good to be able to worship you this morning. We thank you for the liberty that we have to do that. Help us not to take that for granted. There are many places in this world where the people of God do not have the liberties that we enjoy to be able to openly call upon, to be able to openly praise and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. They need help. And there's nothing we can do except through the power of God and we trust that your grace is sufficient Lord I don't know the hearts that are here this morning and those that are listening but you see their hearts you know who belong to you, and you know who are not yours. You know the hearts and in, in those that you are working in to, to serve you and to do something extraordinary that they cannot do without you. I pray that you would encourage their hearts this morning help us lord as the macedonian said help us today and we'll give you the glory and the praise for it in christ's name we pray amen thank you please be seated we know this as the macedonia call and i've heard this uh, i've i've heard this passage preached on many times as a young Boy, and growing up in in a mission-minded church, and and of course in missions conferences all over the place. Uh, as a missionary, I've heard uh, this passage preached, and and as I was coming up uh, uh, to Ontario, I was dwelling on some things uh, dealing in this passage, and the Lord just kind of helped me to uh, to get a fresh. View of this. And so uh, I hope that I can share some things with you and I'm not going to share anything with you. I'm sure that you've not already heard. So I'm not a great preacher and I don't claim to be, but we serve a great God. Amen. So uh, with his help, we'll be able to encourage you in the Lord and through the word of God. So uh, I just want to look at this passage and this is when uh, the apostle Paul is first going into Europe. And he's, he's taking the gospel into Europe. And, you know, everywhere the Apostle Paul went, it was a pioneer field. It was the first time that the gospel had went in that field. And so everything was new. And so uh, the Apostle Paul here is going into uh, this area uh, of Philippi. And Philippi was, uh, as, as it says, the chief city of that part of Macedonia. And so uh, it was the Lord's guidance that brought him here. It was the Lord who made him faithful. It was the Lord who, who made him fruitful for his name's sake. And, and so he's, he's entering into this place. But you know, the, the, the initial response that the Apostle Paul saw, it was not likely what he expected the, he wrote uh, this first inspired letter to the church of Thessalonica. And, and that, in that letter, he said, you know how I was shamefully entreated, how we were shamefully entreated in Philippi. And yet we came and we boldly spake the word of God to you that are in Thessalonica. And Thessalonica and Philippi were about 100 miles apart. And and from uh, one place to the other probably took four or five days travel. And you can just imagine after the beating that Paul and Silas had gotten after their prison time, and uh, they, they had been released the next day, and they traveled to Thessalonica, you can just imagine what they looked like when they arrived in Thessalonica, but they said that we weren't, we weren't shy, we weren't bashful, we weren't ashamed of ourselves. We preached the word of God boldly to you. Why? Because it's true. Because it is the truth. Because it is the only power of God unto salvation to all that believeth. Amen? And so we see here that the Apostle Paul is, is uh, traveling into Philippi. And so I just want to bring out a few things this morning, three things that, that is good for us to be reminded of that I definitely need to learn, that you definitely need to learn. If we're going to be witnesses for Jesus Christ, we need to learn these three things. Number one is to love people. We need to learn to love people. Look with me in chapter number uh, 16 again, verse number 6. It says, now when they had gone throughout Phrygia, and the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. And after they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they, passing by Mysia, came down to Troas, and a a vision appeared to Paul in the night. And so, uh, up to this point, all we see in these verses are names of places, it's, it's, it's as though the apostle Paul, is, 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 he's focused on where does God want me to go? Which place does God want me to go to? And, and as I was thinking about this, uh, uh, the, I guess uh, uh, the, something that I had never thought about was what the Lord showed to him in that vision. It wasn't a place that God showed him in that vision. It was a man that God showed him. And and I believe the Lord was doing that on purpose to help the apostle Paul to see it is not necessarily to a place that I'm calling you to but it is a people there was a macedonian people and there was a macedonian man there and he said come over and help us and you know what it's 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 very easy for us to get our focus off of off of individual people individual souls and to get them on on places and to get them on uh this is a, a missionary to Nepal and this is a missionary to Brazil and this is a mission, you know and and we support this you know these missionaries to go to these different places and today we're going to go in the community of this we're going to go in the community of that and and if we're not careful we get our eyes off of people and you know to to as a witness for Jesus Christ I need to remember that there are souls for whom Christ died. Every soul, every man, everyone, every one of you and every one of of those uh, people in Nepal, Christ died for. And so I remember when I first got to Nepal and I remember uh, the overwhelmingness, if that is a word, (laughs) if it's not, I just made it up. It was overwhelming to me. Because of the, the, the mass of people, just 5 million people crammed in this one small area, and I thought, this is impossible. You know, I, I, it, it scared me to death, and I thought, how, how can you minister in such a huge place like this? I'm a country boy. This, is not, uh, this was not comfortable at all for me. But as I was despairing and and sitting in the back of a taxi, the the missionary brother that I was there to see and visit with, he was witnessing to the taxi driver. And the Lord spoke to my heart and he says, one soul at a time. That's how you reach the people that I've called you to reach. One soul at a time. And you know what? Uh, We need our focus to be on individual souls. We need to to remember that, that God loves people. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, amen? And when the Lord Jesus Christ, when he looked on the multitudes, when he looked on these people that would would reject him, when he looked on these people that were going to, to say crucify him, he had compassion. He loved them. And so I need to love them. It was the Apostle Paul himself who told the Corinthians that the greatest motivation that he had was that he, the love of Christ constraineth me. In other words, the love of Christ puts me in such a narrow place that I can't do anything else but preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not, uh, uh, it's not because it, it, it pays my bills. It's not because it, it makes me feel like I've got some worth in this life. It's not because it, it, it uh, uh, gives me some kind of fame. It is the love of Christ that has constrained me and has put me, and I can't do anything else but preach. It was a love for souls Romans 5, 5, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. You cannot love people without the Lord Jesus Christ, without his love working in you and through you. You cannot muster this love out of your own flesh. It doesn't happen that way. It only comes through a life that is submitted, that is, that is uh, yielded unto the Lord so that he can use you, so that he can fill you. When is the last time that you just said, Lord, I yield myself unto you. I yield my body to you. I know that I'm the, holy, the uh, temple of the Holy Ghost and I yield myself to you. Lord, put somebody in my path that I can witness to today and help me to love them the way you loved them. You know, several years after we began working in Nepal, uh, my love for those people began to fade because I was getting more distant from the Lord, because I was getting my eyes more on my circumstances than the Lord. And God had to convict my heart and bring me back. It does happen. Missionaries are people too. Pastors are people too. But you know what? We're all called of God, aren't we? To be witnesses for Him. And we need to learn to love people. The Lord gave him a vision of a man. You know, I think of the missionary presentations over the years that I've seen. And uh, a lot of, it's, it's interesting, because uh, and I'm not being critical here either, but a lot of your, your young missionaries that are just going to the field, a lot of what you'll see in those missionary presentations is, uh, this is the country that God has called us to, and this is what the, the, the geography looks like in this country, and this is the type of food that, that these uh, people eat, and this is, you know, the, uh, and they go on and on about those things, and, uh, and there's very little about the people, But when those same missionaries come back from the field uh, uh, on furlough and they give an update to the church, then they can tell you a lot about those people because God has put, in, he's put a love for those people in their hearts and, and he's in the, they've built on that love. And you know what? We need to build on that love. As believers, you need to grow in that love. He told the church in Thessalonica that that they were to increase and abound in the love of God. That that's something that that has to it comes with spiritual growth. It's not going to come overnight. And so this is something. And he goes on in in the next chapter to talk about. uh, I know you know how to love your own brethren. I know you know how to love those those men, your own people of Macedonia. But I wish that you would grow more and more. And I'm not quoting that properly, but that you would abound more and more in this love. It is a spiritual growth matter. And so, number one, it's to love people. Number two, is to be flexible. To be flexible. Look with me in chapter number 16 verse number 12. So again, he received this vision of this man. And they assuredly gathered that the that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. You see that? Verse number 6, it was the, to preach the word in Asia. But then in verse number, uh, verse number 10, to preach the gospel unto them. That's interesting. And verse number 12, uh, from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath, we went out of the, the city by a riverside where prayer Was wont to be made, or wont, the word means it was known to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. Now, as it began to dwell on this, they began to think about Paul's actions. Here he was leading this team of men, and, and uh, they desired to go and preach the gospel. I don't doubt that, and, I, and, and, and I'm not being critical of the Apostle Paul, but you know what? The Apostle Paul was a man, and he was, he was, he was also growing, and, and so he wasn't perfect. He wasn't the Lord Jesus Christ. He was fallible. He was weak. He had times of just like you and I. But but uh, he was the greatest missionary that ever lived. There's no doubt about that in my mind. So uh, we see that he, he preached the gospel throughout Galatia and Phrygia, and then, and then he came to a place where, where he wanted to enter into a new place. And, and so he thought Asia, and to this left, as he came down to his left, there's Asia. And we know that it's not Asia today. It's, it's that, uh, that province in the Roman government, which is modern-day Turkey. And so that, that area, that's, you know, that's what he essayed uh, to go or he wanted to go. And the Holy Ghost said no. What did the Apostle Paul do? Well, I ain't going nowhere then. No, that's not what he did, is it? He said, okay. I'll adjust, and then and then he, he came to Mysia, and then he wanted to go into Bithynia, and the Holy Spirit wouldn't allow him to go there. What did he do? He adjusted, and and then he he got the vision of this man in Macedonia come over and help us, and so uh, he he went into Philippi, and and there he was, and you know what what was his normal custom? What what did he normally do? He went inside the synagogue. Guess what? There wasn't a synagogue there. What did he have to do? Adjust. And then he went, uh, found out there was prayer outside the city by the river. And and I believe the Apostle Paul was looking for that man in his vision, by the way. I could be completely wrong about that. But I think he was just, you know, he was hoping to see this man by the riverside. And he got down there and guess what? There's just women down there. What did he do? He adjusted. He talked to the women. And see, what we see is that the, the, the things don't always work out the way we think they should. And what we need to learn to be is flexible. Uh, we've heard this many times. That number one trait of a missionary is flexibility. You know why? Because we have expectations, and sometimes those expectations are not what God plans Sometimes that's not what God wants, and so we need to learn to be flexible, and sometimes when we're dealing with other people, we have expectations on them, and you know what? We're disappointed in our expectations. We need to learn to be flexible. This COVID time, I'll tell you what, if that didn't make you flexible, then you've got a problem uh, because uh, it, it was, you know it was a difficult time. And I tell you what, there's, there's pastors all over, all, over the, all over the place that have been thrown under the bus by their congregations because they didn't do this or they didn't do that. They didn't make this right choice. And you know what? Uh, pastor didn't, he's never been through a pandemic. And your church has never been through a pandemic. And so what do we have to do? We have to be flexible. We have to trust that the Lord knows what's going to happen. He knows what's going on. He knows how to lead this man. He knows how to lead your church. And so be flexible. We need to learn to give our expectations to the Lord. Because he alone can take care. And he has a plan. Amen? He has a plan. Uh, And I'm not talking about compromising doctrine. I'm not talking about, you know, compromising our standards. That's not the kind of flexibility we need. We stand firm upon the Word of God. We stand firm upon the, the sound doctrine. But, you know, one of the things that I had to learn is that when I got to Nepal, I had, I had all these um, these Western ideas that this is how I was going to reach these people. And you know what? A lot of that stuff did, didn't work. I remember one missionary, he, he got over there, and he was going to minister by being uh, literally Through being a clown. Dressing up like a clown. And and he had brought all kinds of clown stuff. And he was going to go over there and he was going to use that as a tool of evangelism to reach the young people there. And you know what? It didn't work. It was a big flop. And he had to learn to adjust. Sometimes we just don't know what's going to happen. But the Lord does. The Lord does. And if we trust him. He'll make us fruitful for Him. You know what always works? Loving them with the love of God. It always works. Building a relationship with people. That always works. Now, it's not going to work for every person. But when you build a relationship with somebody, you win their trust. They see who you really are, and they'll listen. And so give God your expectations. Trust Him. Learn to be flexible. And then number three, we need to learn to wait on God to open the hearts. Wait wait on God to open their hearts. Look with me in chapter uh, chapter 16 again, verse number 14. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened. Isn't that beautiful? Whose heart the Lord opened. Let's read the rest of that verse. That she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. She she was paying close attention to the gospel of Christ. But what happened before that? The Lord opened her heart. And sometimes preachers can preach the gospel and preach the gospel and preach the gospel and the same people come and then, and you know what? There's somebody in that crowd, inevitably, there's somebody there that's listening and listening and listening. And then all of a sudden the Lord opens their hearts and they understand it and it becomes real to them. And then they're really listening. Then they're really paying attention. And then they put their faith in Jesus Christ. It's wonderful. It's the work of God. And you and I have to learn uh, to, to be patient, to wait on God to work in the hearts. And you know what? It, it may happen quickly. It may happen with just going by, going through a drive-thru, giving a, a track. And saying, you know what, uh, we'd love to have you at our church, and the Lord loves you too, and, and, and he w- wants to save you from your sins. Or just saying something, you know, just giving out a, 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 a gospel tract to them, or, or being able to just share your own testimony with them. It, it, it's, it's a wonderful thing. But let God open the hearts. Let God do the work. You might not see any visible change. You might not see anything happen, but the, what you can't see. I mean, you know, during during COVID time, we were locked, We were under a nationwide lockdown. We were stuck inside our homes. We were not allowed to go outside of our homes for five months. And I thought, after you know, after two or three months of this, I was like, I don't even know what I'm. Why am I here? I mean yes we thank the lord we were able to have zoom services online services we were still able to interact with our people it's interesting they live on dirt floors but it seemed like every family in our in our church had a smartphone and they have a satellite dish on the roof and they you know it's just like they they're very poor and yet they have smartphones and so we we got Zoom app downloaded on everybody's phone, and and uh, they we began having services, and and you know it, we never missed a beat, but but uh, oh me of little faith, I began to get discouraged because I thought you know we can't we can't be there with our people, so nothing's really going to be uh, going to happen. You know what? The, we had more people get saved this past term than the previous two terms put together. And, and God wasn't under lockdown. <laughs> the Holy Spirit wasn't bound by man's laws there. He, he was working in hearts, and we couldn't see it. And so it is the work of God to open a person's heart, and we need to learn to wait on the Lord. Don't, don't, don't try to push that. Don't try, don't try to lead them into some quick prayer. That doesn't do anything but damage them later on. They must hear and understand first. We know that. Romans 10, 14, that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, and how, how can they call on him if they have not heard? They must hear first. They must understand first before they can believe. The Apostle Paul went here, and you know the situation. You know the, the response of, of the this uh, society uh, because of this uh, damsel with the spirit of divination. And he uh, rebuked and cast out that that spirit of divination. And then the, the rulers of that girl, or the masters, they saw that uh, they, they're not going to make any mon- more money off of her. And so they grabbed Paul and Silas, and they brought them before the magistrates, and they made all kinds of accusations. And then uh, the magistrates just you know, rent their clothes and they got all angry and they commanded them to be beaten openly before the people. There was no trial. There was no looking at the evidence. It was like a complete shutdown. And I can imagine that the Apostle Paul was discouraged. That definitely wasn't the way he thought it would go. I, I could probably uh, be assured of that. But God was still working. The Lord was still working, and He was still opening hearts. The question is, are we willing to obey? Are we willing to follow Him? Are we willing to be flexible? Are we willing to love people through His love? Are we willing to wait on him? You know, Lydia, Lydia got saved there in chapter number 16, It's an interesting thing. Uh, Where where was she from? Where was Lydia from? Anybody know? Look with me. Verse number fourteen. Of the city of Thyatira. Where was Thyatira? That was in Asia. That was in that province that the Apostle Paul wanted to go. And I just wonder if, if God did not use Lydia instrumentally in the, in the life of the Apostle Paul to help him to be a, a better instrument of God to the people of Asia when God did send him to Asia. You know, I've always assumed that, that Paul, the reason why God said no to Paul going to Asia at that time was because they were not ready to hear the gospel of Christ. But it could have been that Paul was not ready to go and tell them. And maybe God had, had put Lydia in his path, opened her heart, saved her, and used her in such a way that Paul could better minister to the people of Asia. That's the God that we serve. And we need to learn to wait and be patient. Amen? And, I, you know, I, just, I can't help but think about that man uh, that uh, he saw in his vision. I mean, he looked upon that man and somehow he knew that he was a man of Macedonia and and after he was openly beaten and and, and uh, they gave him over to the jailer and the you know you can just imagine uh, them you know their backs are laid open like a freshly plowed field and, and they're all beaten up their clothes are in tatters and they're chained and they're it's it's such a a shameful appearance they made them look so ashamed though they weren't ashamed uh, yet they were made to look that way. And, and you can just imagine what the Apostle Paul was thinking. Well, what's going to happen now? What's going to happen with the ministry now? And maybe that jailer kind of roughed them up at, at the beginning, you know, get in there, you know, and you could just imagine them. And maybe Apostle Paul kind of looked up at him and hey, elbowed Silas and said, that's the man. That's the man I saw. You never know. I'm just using my imagination, okay? It's not in the Bible. But this is what I'm trying to say God knows what He's doing. And He knows where you are in your spiritual walk. And He knows how to use you. You're part of the body of Christ. If you're a born again believer and you're a member here at this church, then you're part of the body of Christ. You are part of the ministry. Do you see that? Are you yielded to that? You know, the biggest problem with with us is we don't want to get outside of our comfort zones. We get comfortable. You know what missionaries do too? They're uncomfortable, and then God gets them out of their comfort zone, and then they get comfortable again, and then God gets them out of their comfort zone, and then they're comfortable again. You know, it's, it's a never-ending process you know why because jeremiah seventeen nine, the heart deceitful above all things desperately wicked who can know it right and so the lord is leading us on are you following why don't i just i just don't feel i don't feel confident i i feel so shy right i don't like to talk to people god can help you with that he can he can it's not it's not you that He's really trying to to put in the path. It's the the gospel of Christ. It's it's the love of God that he's trying to put in that person's path. And you have the privilege. You have the treasure in, in you. Are you willing to partake of that? Are you willing to do what God wants you to do as part of the body of Christ? Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would... Do the work that only you can do in our hearts. And Father, I ask that you would be with all these that are here. How we need you this morning. And how there are countless souls around this world that need you. Lord, would you help us to yield ourselves and to be obedient. Help us to trust you. Help us to learn to love those around us. You know what it's like to be taken advantage of and you know what it's like to be treated shamefully. And yet you still loved And you still humbled yourself. Lord, help us to follow in the steps of our Lord Jesus. Help us to be flexible. Not to pretend like we know what should happen or shouldn't happen. Lord, this is your work, not ours. This is your ministry. This is your church. You will build it. Help us to partake of that and to be willing to follow. And I pray that you'd help us to wait for you to work, to be patient. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor.